Hi, welcome to Bookie. To unlock more world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. You will get 7 days free trail with more features. Today we'll be unlocking the book The Essential Drucker. In the long course of human history, the rapid rise and extensive influence of management are beyond the scope of many other systems. In less than 150 years, management has profoundly changed the economic and social organization of developed countries. Although new management problems continue to arise, Drucker's basic principles still apply when it comes to finding solutions. As such, whether you are new to management or an experienced manager, if you have limited time and can only read one book of management, the essential Drucker couldn't be a better choice. The author of the book is Peter Drucker, known as the father of modern management. His ideas have been adopted in over 130 countries, influencing countless people. He was the first to conduct a scientific and systematic study of management as a discipline, thus pioneering management studies. His management theories bridge the industrial age to the knowledge age. His works have left a profound impact on the development of sociology and economics. Many entrepreneurs such as Andy Grove president of Intel, and Bill Gates founder of Microsoft were deeply influenced by his theories. Drucker wrote 39 books during his lifetime, 15 of which are related to management. He has written monthly management column articles in the Wall Street Journal for 20 consecutive years. The essential Drucker was written and compiled from Drucker's nearly 60 years of management experience and works, which is of great help for us to understand the essence of Drucker's thought on management. In today's bookie, we will spend approximately 30 minutes going through this book in three parts. Part 1, How to Properly Manage Companies. Part 2, Becoming an Effective Executive. Part 3, The Challenges Ahead. As we all know, enterprise management is a systematic project. It covers all aspects of an enterprise, from the purpose and objectives of a business to its organizational structure, product service, and marketing. If an enterprise wants to manage itself properly, it must first have good corporate purposes and objectives. How should a company's purpose and objectives be formulated? Drucker argued that its purpose must lay outside of the business itself, namely to create customers. As is well known, commercial markets are not formed naturally, rather they are created by business people. For example, the mobile phone market that we see nowadays didn't exist 50 to 60 years ago. However, with the development of science and information technology, business people have turned the potential need for convenient communication into a realistic demand, thereby creating the cell phone market. President of General Electric Jack Welch once said that the essence of business is to discover needs, create value, meet demand, and get returns. As such, in the process of defining a company's purpose, customers must be the starting point. This customer-centric approach is the purpose behind numerous famous companies. For example, for Amazon, the largest online shopping e-commerce platform in the world, their corporate purpose is to be the world's most customer-centric enterprise. For Amazon, their clients are both buyers and sellers. Only by properly serving both buyers and sellers can Amazon continuously survive and develop. Without external customers, even if the company were to have the most cutting-edge technology, there would be no basis for its existence.
Of course, for a company to achieve long-term growth, it is not enough to have one good purpose and mission, it must also have a high-quality team. It can be said that people must be the central force in achieving corporate goals. In the early stages of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg set up a recruitment process that required leaders from various departments to visit campuses regularly and to attend tech gatherings and important national tech events. Facebook executives often stood at the gates of Stanford University looking for engineers. Facebook staff took this sideline job seriously, voluntarily setting up a recruitment website. It is safe to say that the success of Facebook comes from its success in selecting the talent that make up the team. The long-term growth of an enterprise depends not only on acquiring first-rate talent, but also on having a reasonable personnel decision-making mechanism. So, what principles do personnel decisions need to follow? The first principle is the principle of prioritizing personnel decisions. This means that of all decisions made by managers, personnel decisions are the most important. In the book, Drucker uses General Motors President Alfred Sloan as an example. During his tenure, Sloan had to choose people by himself, from senior managers to manufacturing managers, controllers, engineering managers, and even the master mechanics in the smallest accessory divisions. During Sloan's tenure, General Motors grew rapidly. Judging by current standards, Sloan's approach seems to be a bit insular and even extreme, and it was, as his only focus was business performance. However, overall, Sloan's long-term performance in hiring people for the right position was flawless. The second principle is the principle of management responsibility. What does this mean? This is to say that managers take responsibility over the manner in which employees perform at work. If a manager places someone in a certain position in which they are performing poorly, the manager cannot solely blame the employee for the entire problem, but must reflect on whether they themselves have made a bad decision. During World War II, George C. Marshall, chief of staff of the U.S. Army famously said, all bucks stop with me. Once a military mission came up, he would appoint the person he thought was most appropriate for the job. If the person did well, he gave him due credit, and if this person performed poorly, he would be asked to leave. Marshall also stipulated that all subordinates could report anything directly to him, so that he could understand the progress of each mission and be responsible for the entire military operation. The third principle is the principle of effectiveness, that is to do things efficiently. Drucker pointed out in the book that there is not much correlation between a person's effectiveness and their intelligence, imagination or knowledge. The effectiveness of an individual's work depends solely on whether the work is sufficiently well-organized and systematic. If managers cannot make proper and effective use of the employees, employees could choose to abandon their managers at any time. Finally, the one don't in personnel decision-making is to not give new employees major assignments, as doing so only compounds risks. Newcomers need a process of adaptation. Major assignments should be given to someone whose behavior and habits you know, and who has already earned trust and credibility within your organization. We have just discussed the basic principles for personnel decision-making. Now let's turn our attention to entrepreneurial strategies. Drucker proposed four of them in his book, firstly, being fustest with the mostest. Secondly, hitting them where they ain't. Thirdly, ecological niche. 
And fourthly, changing the economic characteristics of a product, a market, or an industry. Being fustest with the mostest using Drucker's metaphor, is like sending a rocket to the moon. If the timing of the arc is even slightly deviated off track, the rocket will disappear into outer space. This means that this strategy is difficult to adjust or modify once implemented. Enterprises adopting this all-or-nothing strategy need to set clear goals, and be prepared to mobilize resources on a large scale. After achieving initial success, they must strive to maintain an advantageous position, otherwise they will end up creating markets for competitors. Therefore, companies need to eliminate the old processes they used before competitors learn to make new products, and reduce product prices in order to prevent competitors from participating in the competition. Since the output of most innovation opportunities are not enough to cover the cost of the inputs, Drucker recommends adopting this strategy with caution. Hitting them where they ain't is a strategy that targets the existing products or services in the market. We can use creative imitation to find the weaknesses and deficiencies of an existing product or service, and then develop effective attack strategies. Enterprises adopting this strategy will need a certain degree of innovation. Such innovation may be technological innovation, product function improvement, business model innovation, and so on. This strategy is much less risky than the previous all-or-nothing one. Moreover, often in the high-tech field, this strategy can make a big difference. Ecological niche is a strategy that refers to a product or service market that contains abundant market opportunities, but does not yet exist on a large scale. For example, when we talk about specific markets and target audiences, we are often actually talking about small specialized markets. The purpose of the ecological niche strategy is to enable enterprises to avoid competition and challenges from other corporations, and gain absolute control in professional markets. For example, the Alcon company mentioned in the book invented an enzyme that could save doctors one step in the process of performing cataract surgery, making the entire surgical process more compact and reasonable. For most of us, the market demand for this enzyme is determined by the number of cataract surgeries, so many people are reluctant to invest in research and development in this small and specialized market. As a result, Alcon has very few industry competitors, and has absolute control over the marketization of this enzyme. Changing the economic characteristics of a product, a market, or an industry is another strategy. As we mentioned earlier, the ultimate goal of an enterprise is to serve customers, which exists outside the enterprise. As every company has its own products or services, this strategy exists to change the original products or services, as well as their utility and price while adjusting and matching the customer's current social and economical realities. This ends up delivering what represents true value to customers. In this way, a company's original products or services can generate new value. An entrepreneurial strategy is a company's external policy and market practice. These four strategies are not mutually exclusive. Entrepreneurs often apply a combination of multiple strategies, each of which inevitably have some limitations and risks. This requires entrepreneurs to weigh the pros and cons, and make choices according to the actual circumstances of the stage of development the company is in. To sum up, in this part we explained how companies formulate good corporate purposes and objectives, 
the four basic principles of personnel decision-making, and the four entrepreneurial strategies, namely being fustest with the mostest, hitting them where they ain't ecological niche, and changing the economic characteristics of a product, a market, or an industry. When applying these four entrepreneurial strategies, entrepreneurs need to combine them together selectively and strategically. Understanding these principles will be helpful to the management of an enterprise. Today we are just sharing limited bookie. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. You will get 7 days free trail with more features.